We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Sunday night Knicks special edition of... Knicks Fan TV presented by Manscaped. This is our last NBA Draft Q&A. We are four days away from the NBA Draft. We're going to find out which player or players will be the newest members of the New York Knicks come this Thursday. Oh, man. I froze already. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. I just froze. I thought, I thought we was going to have technical difficulties, but we good. We good to go. Um, sp- joining me tonight, special guest making his return in Knicks Fan TV. No stranger to the show, those. This is my guy, basketball skills trainer, David Zenon. David, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining again, bro. My man, CP. How you doing, brother? Yeah, doing all right, man. Doing all right. Um, four days away from the draft, and we're getting a couple of, uh, you know, tidbits here and there. A couple of leaks coming out this morning by Shams of The Athletic. A couple of tidbits that, that we want to share with the fans first and foremost is Shams has confirmed that the Knicks are trying to trade up in into the lottery. We, we've heard that from, from multiple reports early this weekend, and... You know, as fans, knowing that we have the 19th and 21 first pick, you can kind of speculate that uh, the Knicks will be aggressive in this draft. But nevertheless, all right, starting up, starting back up, uh, pardon the delay, just just having some technical difficulties with the system. Nevertheless, we are back up. So anyway, just just to chase today's show, we took a poll on Twitter since David was making his return to the show. We took a poll on Twitter to see which one of the prospects uh, the fans wanted to hear David break down, get his thoughts, share his notes, detailed analysis on uh, on these draft prospects. So we, we came up with our list of 10 based on what you guys had requested, plus a couple others. And so um, given that the Knicks are interested in potentially trading up, we do know that Golden State uh, is fielding offers. Right now, Golden State is sitting with the 7th and the 14th pick. Um, Nick sitting at 19th and 21. I think 14 is, is realistic. You also have Orlando sitting there at 5th and 8th. I'm not sure how far up the Knicks can go if they can reach 8. But 
Let's say they stay at 14. Um, David, I think Moses Moody could be a prime target. Did meet with the Knicks earlier last week. Uh, Moses Moody, the swingman out of Arkansas. What, what, what's your take on Moody? I like him a lot. I mean, he's he stands at about six foot four and a half, six five without shoes, six six with shoes, six seven with shoes. But his wingspan is very intriguing. I mean, he has a seven foot wingspan. It's over eight inch difference in terms of the height and wingspan. Really good mid-range shooter. He has the potential to be a very good 3 and D player in this league. Uh, strong body. And he's a very, very uh, under-the-radar passer. And he's tough-nosed kid. Uh, comes from a good background. Built really well. I like him a lot. The thing that I want to see him improve on is obviously uh, some of the two-point percentage field goals, you know, in terms of finishing at the rim. Uh, and then also, as I said, he's going to turn into one of those guys that could be a 3D shooter. However, he only shot 35% from three. So I would like to see that improve a little bit more in order for him to get the billing of being a 3D. But his physical tools, the intangibles, all that other stuff, it makes him to be a very good pro. He could be a very, very good player in the league. How would you see him? Like if you slotted him, you know, at the two uh, with RJ and Julius, how do you, how would you view him as an off ball option? It's, it's interesting because RJ showed more flashes of his shooting ability last year. Mm -hmm. And if he's able to help spread the floor alongside with this young man, uh, Moody, it, it could be a pretty good tandem back there. The only thing that I'm a little bit concerned about, however, is Moody does make his, uh, his living in the mid range. Mm -hmm. And as I said, he's going to turn into, or he could be one of those three and D kind of guys. Uh, he would need a point guard to find him and those uh, opportunities to shoot from the perimeter. Most of the time, I think Arkansas did take advantage of his skill set with him making plays uh, with the ball. And as I said, he's a very underrated passer. He's one of those guys that he actually likes making passes in tight spaces. So it would be interesting to see how those three could fit together and who would essentially be the guy that's going to stay on the perimeter the most with the ball. Yeah. Uh, that would be the question, considering how much RJ likes to drive. And same thing with Julius. So, I mean, they could play together. I think it would just be a matter of how well and how quickly Moody would get acclimated to the skill set that RJ and Julius have. What, what do you think about moving RJ to the three? I mean, a lot of this draft, some of these guys are, you know, six fours and probably fit more in, in the two-guard mold. What do you think of potentially moving RJ to the three for a guy like a, like a Moody? I don't think it's an issue. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a slasher to begin with, and he can drive with the ball and – the NBA now is positionless basketball. Right. So everybody's just uh, essentially really good at a skill set and is taking advantage of it. RJ can do that. RJ can play the three. He can defend the three. He's strong enough to, to defend forwards yeah. in this league, as we talked about last year. He's grown uh, both on and off the court. So it's very important for people to see uh, his versatility on that end of the floor as well. Yeah, you're right, and I think he has proven to be very versatile even this year, you know, watching him and Bullock out there defending because sometimes you would have Bullock out there in the ones, maybe the twos or the threes, and then other times you would have RJ on the twos or the threes. Uh, you know, those duels with Kawhi Leonard come to mind, especially RJ on the defensive end. I think he, he's building, bulking up and, and getting into that size where um, he shouldn't have an issue there. I think guarding threes might be better even from a lateral quickness standpoint. For RJ, and as you said, as a natural slasher, I think that could be his natural position. So, I actually think if even if we go uh, with a two guard or a prototypical two guard, you know, in terms of height, I think we'll be all right with moving RJ to the three. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think the thing about him is what stands out about Moody playing alongside RJ is RJ showed 
the ability to play uh, defense really well in that versatility. And this kid can as well. He's a very good defender. I mean, we just talked about the offensive side of the ball, but he did pretty well with uh, a good defensive um, system in Arkansas. But then just even, as I said, his physical tools and the way that he was able to move on the floor, his lateral ability and having a seven foot plus wingspan on top of that, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty enticing uh, prospect. How would you view Moody's ability to, to get to and finish at the rim? That I think he would need a little bit more work with that. He's not a bad finisher. I just think once you get to the league, obviously those guys are, are bigger, faster, stronger, and, and all that other stuff. But he actually has a pretty good uh, nose to the rim, I guess you can say, um, similar to RJ. But his, his bread and butter is that mid-range. So I wouldn't necessarily look too much for him to be finishing uh, that much around the rim. He's a really good offensive rebounder, though, uh, which makes – which makes it interesting to see how that's going to fit as well. So uh, I think the driving and finishing ability is pretty good. Uh, it could always improve. Uh, clearly, I mean, he's done a lot in terms of uh, utilizing those tools uh, to get to this point where he's now a first-round pick. Yeah, and, and a lot of mock drafts have him anywhere between, you know, say the 8 to, to you know, 10, 12 range. So, going to be interesting to see where, where Moody falls. Another guy who's who's a, uh, a potential move-up candidate, um, Josh Giddy, out of out of uh, Australia, played down in the NBL. Obviously, we saw LaMelo's, uh, you know, skill sets coming into the league. I don't know, maybe that's, that's, you know, pushing Giddy a little bit, but 6'8" playmaker down in the NBL you know what, what stuck out to you with Giddy his pinpoint passes man uh the kid can pass the ball he controls the tempo really really well mm. um he reminds me a lot of like Kyle Anderson he's not going to blow you away with his athleticism yeah. he moves at his own pace you don't rush him he kind of rushes you and you know quote unquote on the rush part <laughs> um, but he's able to get to his spots he does a pretty good job with uh drawing contact actually uh, as I said, once he gets to a spot and he likes to bury his guy closer to the rim. So he's able to utilize that as much as he can. The thing that he needs to work on the most, though, is that outside jump shot. He's not a good shooter. Uh, it's it's more of a mechanical thing, a timing thing. Unfortunately, the pace that he does run with and, you know, is able to play the point guard position with, he does also uses it with his shooting ability. So that's something that could be fixed. It's not like alarming to me where it's like stay away from him at all costs, but it's something that he would have to really work on. But man, when I tell you the kid has great touch around the rim, he's able to create those passes, pinpoint passes. Um, same thing with Lamelo last year when I was talking about how he does a great job of getting hockey assists. Same thing with this guy. And uh, he's able to get a lot of those type of passes where he's leading his man. Uh, is able to anticipate the play. So a lot of those, you know, passes where he's going to be, you know, threading the needle and finding his man in transition, I, I could see him doing a lot of that. 6'8", Josh Giddy. So so the shooting issues don't worry you at all? Because, I mean, only No, not too much. I mean, yeah. it's – they do concern me. I would be lying if I said that they didn't concern me. Yeah. However, he's like one of those kids that it, you could work with him and down the road – he could be a shooter, but for now, if you want to strict play strictly, like just have a playmaker, uh, this kid is going to be really, really good in this league because you're talking about spacing once again. And it came into, that was the, the notion that I had behind Halliburton last year. Spacing is going to be key. And once you have at least one or two shooters that are next to you, 
that's going to make your life so much easier as we saw what Halliburton was able to do a little bit with Buddy Hield and uh, Bogdanovich before he was traded. So, you know, you just have to see, I mean, this kid's going to be a very, very interesting player with his height. He could see over the defense. As I said, he's not going to blow anybody away with uh, his athleticism. He's not going to like, you know, be one of those guys that's going to drive to the rim like crazy, but when he gets to the rim, he has really good touch. I think he finished like close to like 65% around the rim. So, I mean, that's a guy that's able to, to utilize that skill set to the best of his ability. And Nick's not known to be a team finishing around the rim, in particular Julius and RJ, uh, fairly lousy at it. You know, D-Rose didn't add too much there, and neither did Peyton. So, uh, Nick's could certainly use someone who could finish a bit stronger there. Uh, speaking of strong, how about defensively? I mean, obviously he's a bit svelte right now. You know, clearly he's going to put on that NBA weight and, and size. But what do you think about his on-ball defense overall? Well, that's that's a very interesting thing. I wouldn't see him as necessarily a great fit with this team, mm. um, with the mindset that Tibbs has. Uh, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where he was kind of cruising and waiting for the draft, but I saw a lot of, you know, taking plays off and kind of just, mm. as I said, he's going by the beat of his own drum. He's not very aggressive on both ends of the floor, um, whether it's just uh, attacking the rim. As I said, he's not going to do that with you, but then also defensively, he's not necessarily a ball stopper. The lack of athleticism is a little bit alarming on that end. He's yeah. kind of one of those guys that's going to be a pretty good help defender, you know, kind of stunt and go just because of his length and his height, but it's not necessarily like he's going to lock you down uh, strictly ball on ball defender type. And then if you're going to end up getting those screens and then they're going to go high, low, let's get, let's say he gets stuck with a big, then you have a world of trouble. Yeah. So that's this is a guy who's an intriguing prospect he'd be great on other teams I think but I don't necessarily see him being like a really good fit for this team interesting indeed so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for your boys CP David Zidon here NBA draft Q&A we are responding to uh the fan requests fan fans uh heard David was going to be on the show man and and threw a lot of requests out there so we're pulling out the notes right now and and giving you guys the details and some of these prospects hey one of these guys could be Knicks you never know two of these guys on this list are hot commodities right now no matter who you hear it from in the league uh, you know, Duarte, Chris Duarte out of Oregon, Trey Murphy out of Virginia. I personally heard that the Knicks were very high on Murphy, and, and we're also hearing that uh, that they're high on Duarte, but those two players have now met and worked out with the Warriors twice. So Warriors could be looking at these guys. Looks like at number 14, um, and, and from what you're hearing, Duarte's not going past 14. So what do you think? Let's start with him, man. What, what's your take on Duarte out of Oregon? Man, he's got a big body, great form, like one of the best shooters in the draft. I mean, we're talking like <clears throat> I think it's forty three percent from three, forty two, forty. I mean, yeah, this kid is like this kid is, and and he's got he's great off the bounce. Um, you know, you're talking one dribble pull up type of shooter that, I mean, catch and shoot, he does it well. Off the dribble, he does it well. He does a lot of stuff. He, he does a lot of stuff on the perimeter that, that goes unnoticed in terms of like he can set the screens. He does right. a lot of stuff with creating space behind the perimeter to get his shot set up or to set other people up for their shots, which is important. And clearly, like when you're dealing with guys that uh, have a good frame and that are good shooters, you know, he's, he's a two guard through and through. Like the guy's yeah. a phenomenal 
shooting guard, small forward type of player. Uh, so he was very intriguing to me. And once I heard that the Warriors were looking at him twice, yeah, I was like, uh oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> he's 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 I mean, he's legit like six, six, um, you know, not I think he's like six, six without shoes, I want to say, but mm. good size, man. And I love his yeah. form. Great stroke. It's not surprising to me that they look at him because I feel like a team like the Warriors are going to be looking for a ready, a play that's ready, plug and play, ready to go right now. Obviously, he's 24. Um, you know, that's a knock on him. People are trying to, you know, down on him because of the age. They say it's limited upside, but uh, there's other people who look at it and say, hey, if, if you're getting that type of productivity or the potential that he brings at his age under that contract, that's a steal. And so I think a team like the Warriors could use him. Uh, but I feel like a guy like a Tibbs could use him, a guy that's ready to go right this second, 43% from three, over 50% from the field, a guy that can shoot well off the screens, uh, known to be a dog. I, I think this guy could fit in fit in very well with this team and and, and a guy that, that prides himself on defense. He's a, help, he's a tremendous help side defender. I wouldn't necessarily say he's like, the lockdown defender on ball but then again once you get to the league you learn little nuances of the game and and how to play on ball defense and you know the Knicks had a very difficult time guarding the high pick and roll this year yeah so he's actually a guy that would be very helpful in that regard um just in one of those you know cases where he's able to have act he has active hands Mm -hmm. and he has a good motor uh that's something that was very impressive to me to see with him and yeah, you don't emphasis on the dog part. The kid is a dog. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you think about one of those guys who could be the three and D kind of guy for the Knicks at the two guard, that's one of the dudes that uh, immediately came to mind with him. I mean, he shot 48% in catch and shoot last year. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a good look, man. I mean, the, the one thing that I do have um, gripes with is he doesn't use his left hand. Mm. Um and, you know, that, that comes with player development through and through. But, you know, at 24 and not using your left hand at this point, not that it's, an, it's a need, but it'd be something that's pretty helpful. And especially at that age, I think that would be something that would have been mastered by now. Mm. But as I said, every college program has different player development, uh, you know, beliefs or systems or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the Knicks have done a great job so far with helping players kind of expand their games to begin with. So. He's a safe bet in my eyes. I wouldn't be mad if they took him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at all. But based on the reports, he's a, he's a hot prospect right now in in the uh, late lottery to to uh, mid first round. So we'll, we'll see what happens mm. there. Shout out to everybody in the chat. I want to salute Robert Paris. Sends a super chat. He says uh, dealing with Golden State could be a blockbuster involving multiple players or a third team. Fourteen is our sweet spot. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, based on where the Knicks are sitting at nineteen and twenty one. I think 14 is ideal. Uh, so we'll see. You know, Bradley Beal's name is getting tossed around out there. I don't know how true those rumors are, but it's, once again, going to be interesting. And uh, some more trade rumors going around. We're hearing that uh, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies are, are talking a potential deal involving the 10th pick and Eric Bledsoe going to Memphis for number 17. So that's another one that that you know I, I would uh, wouldn't mind seeing the Knicks investigating because obviously the Pelicans are uh, motivated to get rid of Bledsoe's contract. He's got two years left on his deal. This year is nineteen million. Next year is nineteen, but only three point nine of that is guaranteed. So yeah. you know the Knicks get involved there. They're able to move up to ten, grab who they're looking for there. 
you know, and then you see if, if you can somehow waive, uh, waive Bledsoe. I'm not sure if the stretch provision is still an option, but somehow you get rid of that $4 million. Might not be a bad, bad uh, deal for the Knicks to look into. So that, that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, not at all. It'll be pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see there. Also want to shout out my guy, Boston Nick. He was looking forward to this show as well, man. Boston Nick says, um, shout out once again to our mods, Knicks Fan TV, uh, CP and you, Mr. Xenon. Um, he has a question on, on Cooper. We're going to get we're gonna get to Cooper in a second, and we're going to get to that question right in a second. But Boston Nick, I, I definitely appreciate uh, the super chat. I was speaking on Duarte. Let's go to Murphy because he's another one of the hot prospects right now. High on the Knicks radar. Second workout with the Warriors. 3 and D guy out of Virginia. What's your take on uh, Trey Murphy the third? Big body, man. Uh, Big body kid. Uh, We're talking about 6'9", 206, but he's got big shoulders. Mm. He's going to grow into his body. He's 21 right now, I believe. But he did a great job last year. I believe he shot like 41% on catch and shoot, uh, close to 42%, something like that. But he has he has bounce. The dude can jump. Yeah. <laughs> he has yeah. bounce. He's he's active and he plays at Virginia. So you know he's gonna play the right way. You know, you got all those guys that have come out of UVA that are consistent pros uh from the jump. But the thing about him is pick and pop and pick and roll. He has unlimited potential with that. Just because, as I said, he has really good bounce. He's able to take guys off of the dribble. He feels comfortable shooting the ball, especially off of the pick and pop. The mechanics on his jump shot are good. They're not great. You know, they're, it's not like a necessarily like it's the most fluid shot, but he has really good mechanics. It's consistent. Let me just say that. It's mm-hmm. consistent. So that's something that I like about him. But he could be one of those dudes that's like a, like a corner you know, corner specialist, yeah. like not like a, not like Novak, like a pure shooter like that, but one of those guys that can run baseline, but then set off ball screens. A lot of stuff would pin down with him could be huge. So I like him. I like him a lot. He's like one of those guys that if he's there at 21, you take him. Yeah. Like you, you, you just got to take him or, you know, based off of whoever else they might have their eyes on up until the 19th pick, you take him there too. He just has that type of upside that I like. Uh, with his abilities and he's disciplined on the ball you know coming from that pack line defense I know UVA went away a little bit from it and they did a lot of um, man-to-man principles mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. he did a great job with that too so 6'9 great wingspan good catch and shoot good pick and roll with the, his athletic ability and he's still growing into his body as I said he's only like 205 210 pounds something like that that could be a really good player down the road yeah, he's, he's slotting in to be like a prototypical 3-and-D player, man. You know, and, and I like his potential switchability there as well. Obviously, that could help us there. Um, his efficiency from beyond the arc, that would be excellent on this team. You know, again, a, a guy that you can plug in right in and, and have him play. Um, but, but it seems like you see a bit more uh, shot creation upside than, than others is that right like you see a little bit more like if you can put the yeah ball on i do the floor? i do i see a little bit more just because when you're in a certain system and i think i know if, if fans have the opportunity and you can look back at my old tweets uh nikhil alexander walker out of virginia tech when he played at virginia tech he didn't showcase the ability to put the ball on the floor that much you know buzz williams had their them in a system that you know it wasn't necessarily like a lot of iso stuff Mm -hmm. but he had certain moves and movements that i was like oh he has it Mm -hmm. he definitely has it and then coming into that summer league 
he showcased it. And then this yeah. past year, he showcased it a little bit more. The same thing is going to happen with this kid. Uh, there were certain games that I watched him play that I was like, okay, you, you have that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of change of pace in his game. And he doesn't, and he doesn't show it much because as I said, UVA had a very uh, consistent system and they run everything pretty, pretty rigid. There's not a lot of ISO ball with them. So something to keep an eye on. I think, as I said, when he grows into his body and he understands how to utilize his big shoulders, broad shoulders, you could shoot over the top of certain people. You're talking about a dude that you could post up guards with. And because of the fact that he has the ability to guard one through four, uh, he can guard, you know, we're talking guys that he can guard them off the pick or the screen. Uh, if they want to go, you know, high, low, and he gets kind of, you know, buried per se with a, uh, a four yeah. and they want to dump it down low, he can guard them and he could do that. But then the same is going to happen on the offensive end when he finally figures out how to use those shoulders, that turnaround jump shot. If he works on that, it could be deadly Don't for him down the road, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could see why uh, he's highly touted at this stage in the game. Very, very interesting indeed. Um, all right, let's, let's swing to some of the guards now. Now, Boston Knicks question was on Sharif Cooper, who's, who's another guy who's uh, rumored to be high on the Knicks list. They're doing a lot of Intel on Cooper. His question was, um, what, what established player would you compare him to in terms of his, his passing acumen? He's a he he's a terrific passer. You know, immediately I thought of Trey, uh Trey Young when um I saw him play. When I was at actually coaching at the Patrick School, we played him. Mm. So immediately I wanted to see exactly what the the hype was all about with this young man. Um he's a very he's a very gifted passer. You know, he kind of sees the play before it happens. Um, but he makes a lot of those plays off of you know, the, from off the dribble, let's just keep it real. Like, I mean, off the dribble, getting to the perimeter, he's not, he's not going to finish amongst the trees and kind of find his big man that way. He's great at pick and roll and throwing the lob and then finding his guys on skip passes and things like that. And trust me, I love his ability to do so. Um, but Trey Young would be the closest that I could think of in terms of a smaller guard that could pass, you know, a depth passer that could kind of see over the top uh, that's the that's the best comparison I can give you right now. Now, from from a guy who studies a lot of shot mechanics, the shooting is obviously going to be the swing skill for him. What do you what have you seen so far, and and what do you think about him doing that at at the next level at at his size? Yeah, that's going to be huge for him. I mean, that's the swing, as you said, like that's going to make or break. I guess him as a player coming into the league, you could always work on your shot. That's always something that you could change, especially a young player like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to have to fix those mechanics in which he's going to get his shot off, not just necessarily off of like those counter moves or, you know, step backs or anything like there's nothing wrong with creating space. There's nothing wrong with the way that he plays now and, you know, drawing fouls and things like that. However, when the game does slow down and they're going to be more physical guards that they're going to show at show to you, that's going to, that's going to make or break you. And Trey young was able to, do everything he did against the Knicks and Philly just because of the fact that he can shoot it from deep. Is he a knockdown shooter from three? No, not really, but he can do it. Yeah. And his mechanics are sound. They're always the same. So you're going to keep defenses more honest. Sharif's thing is there's a lot that goes on with his mechanics. It does change. 
Um, he's a crafty player, but it's not consistent in which his scoring ability is going to come with everything from the perimeter. So I want to see that improve. That would be something that would make a break with me in terms of picking him. Uh, but he's going to be able to score more based off of the teammates that he has, like the fit. And he would need a guy that's a, a knockdown shooter next to him. Um, and then also a great pick and roll option uh, from the big. So I don't know necessarily if he would fit with the Knicks. He's going to be a great player. Uh, I mean, excuse me, he's going to be a good player. Right, but system. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, jumpstart the career here yeah, uh, yeah. per se. And, and also defensively with that size. You know, in the playoffs, Trey Young, he, he went through the Knicks. He went through Philly, the Bucks, some you know, tougher teams in the league. But it didn't seem like any of those teams are really able to expose him and his size out there on the perimeter. You know, a lot of against the Knicks, they parked him on Bullock. Bullock can't put the ball on the floor. Sometimes Trey Young even, you know, shut him down and closed off his airspace. Uh, Philly, same way. They didn't really get a chance to really expose him. You know, suppose him on the mismatches on the pick and roll and things of that nature. Uh, what do you think about Sharif Cooper in, in those type of situations? Yeah, that's that's that would be my number one concern. Yeah. Uh, as I said, like the shooting and the mechanics, those are all things you could fix. Now, I've heard conflicting reports in regards to his height. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, um, as I said, when we coached against him, I li- I literally stood next to the kid during warmups. And he wasn't, he wasn't six one. Um, but I've heard that he's grown past six one. You know, he's like six two now. Um, but still, at the end of the day, these dudes we're talking like guys like Westbrook and you know bigger guards. Those guys can't post them up. Like those guys are going to take advantage of the, the, those opportunities. You know, the Knicks and Philly really didn't do that. Um, <laughs> but but by the same token, when Sharif gets to the league, he's going to see a lot of opportunities in which he could take guys off the dribble and he could you know get to the rim but then it's going to come right back to him and they're going to do so more so in terms of posting him up so that size is a big concern for me and and if he comes back and he's legit 6'2 then maybe I'll take another look at it but if he's the same size that I saw him last I, I can't do it yeah, it's a, it's a tough call for me, man, because I like this kid a bit more, and uh, that's Trey Mann out of Florida. What, what's, what's your what's your notes on uh, on on Mann? I love Trey Mann. So there's one of the three kids that I've looked at and just was like, I fell in love with his game. He's one of those guys. Trey Mann, six foot five, has a six foot five wingspan, but his handles are sharp. Uh, for a guy that's 6'5", he stays very low to the ground. And the thing that impresses me is the fact that his dribbles never go higher than his hip. He keeps everything close to his knees. His cross encounters always change pace. The kid never goes at the same pace down the floor, which makes it easier for him to have those underhand layups and floaters to his game. And Florida, if you saw the way that they played, you know, he was able to show the passing ability. I mean, he, he's a three-level scorer that could also pass. And his floater game is – it might be better than IQ's. Mm. <laughs> so his, mm. he, he's a tremendous uh, – he has a tremendous ability to drive, uh, penetrate the defense, get to the paint. But that floater is deadly, uh, no higher than his hip, which makes it easier also to make those passes, get the shots off. And he's a great pick-and-roll player. 
So he's able to play pick and roll uh, both on offense and defense. He's able to read the defense really well. As I said, the Knicks had a difficult time defending that high pick and roll yeah. action this year. He does it really well. And so I, that's one of those kids. I, I fall in love with him, man. Like that's, that's one of my guys. I, I like man a lot. Now, uh, some of the criticisms I was reading was uh, his, his lack of aggression as it pertains to attacking the rim, uh, kind of below the rim play. Don't, I don't think he dunked at all this, this season in Florida. Uh, what, what do you think about that, you know, for a guy at his height with, with his skill sets? What, does that concern you in terms of him at the next level? It, it, it does a little bit, but by the same token, there, there have been other players that aren't tremendous elite athletes yeah. but they could still play really well i like the delo comparisons to him to me he, he kind of plays like d'angelo russell yeah i mean i i mean you're talking about guys that are crafty that can get their shot off in the perimeter but then once they're past you they're past you like once yeah. like once he beats his man off the dribble good luck like that's just the way that he's able to do it because he's also a tremendous pull-up shooter so it's not like you're looking for a dude that's like at the rim. It's not like one of those guys that he has to finish at right, the rim. Right. He has a tremendous floater game. When I tell you this guy's floater game is phenomenal, it is phenomenal and great vision. And as I said, plays the pick and roll just about as well as any other guard that I've seen the last two years. Like he's tremendously under the radar and he's a solid playmaker. I mean, I just yeah. can't. I just can't see how they're going to go wrong with him. Now, the problem, however, is if he doesn't utilize the pick and rolls and he does like to pass a lot, you know, he gets in these moments where like it's, it turns into like he passed, like he's too cool for school. Mm, mm. Uh, he, he might be become a little bit predictable with the mm. passing. So that's something that you work on. Obviously, every day you're going to be against elite competition and practice and whatnot. And yeah. having Tibbs and the rest of, uh, the coaching staff with their great uh, basketball acumen, they can work on that. But in terms of the raw skill set of just getting a bucket, yeah, man, you can't you can't teach what this kid has can't, right now. Can't go wrong, man. Can't, cannot go wrong. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP David Zidon here, the last edition of the NBA Draft Q&A. David jumped in here with the notes. We we're back at it. Happy to have him on. Make sure you guys are hitting that thumbs up button. Hit that like button. I uh, want to shout out King Matthew sends a super chat. He says, uh, not going to lie, I see my Knicks keeping two picks. If we draft a shooting guard, um, Duarte, Trey Murphy, he says for 19, and Isaiah Jackson, Kai Jones for 21, if Noel leaves. Or if it's a possible, we can take Jared Butler at 21 for sure. So we do have Kai Jones and Jackson on our list. We're going to get to the bigs um, last on, on, on the program, but we do have them on our list. So stay tuned for that. King Matthews, definitely appreciate the super chat. Um, next guy I want to talk about, one of the hotter prospects out of the combine, man, Quentin Grimes. Now, Quentin Grimes originally went to Kansas, jumped, yes. jumped into the pre-draft process last year, decided to go back to school. From, from what the reports say, the, the Kansas had already gave his scholarship away, so ends up going to Houston. And has career highs in 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 points, rebounds, three point percentage, three point attempts. Went into the combine scrimmage and started lighting it up, man. What do you think about Quentin Quentin Grimes? Six foot five with a six seven wingspan. Another one of the three guys that have caught my eye. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites yet, but he's a guy that caught my eye. Uh, 
pretty consistently. So he's a very good defender, really good defender. He uses his body to stay in front of uh, his guy all the time. Um, doesn't doesn't like to hip check. He just goes body to body, slides his feet really well, anticipates jump shots really, really well. Like, so he gets blocks on the perimeter for a guard at 6'5". You know, the wingspan does help, but his ability to anticipate and contest those jumpers, it's pretty impressive if you were able to watch him on video do that. As I said, he moves well, which means that he also moves well without the ball. Kid moves tremendously well without the ball. He shot over 103-point attempts this uh, this past season, I believe, yep. and he was over yep. 40, 41 or 42% from three. Um, I think it's 42. But his release improved from when he last played, obviously, or from the last time that we saw him, uh, judging by from what I was told. But he, he does have a big dip on it, but his release is so quick on the dip that he's able to get it off really well. So shooters like that, that dip the ball and they're able to get it off really quickly in terms of moving well without it. Great baseline shooters, man. And that's a guy that you, you set a couple good screens for him on the baseline. We're talking like straight baseline cuts, um, curls, horn action, all that type of stuff. He can do it. Um, Hammer, he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to love if he's able to be on your team and you could run those type of sets for him. He's decent off of screens. Houston ran a lot of Euro action this year. Mm. So fans understand like Euro action is a lot of movement. Obviously they're going to value the off screener <laughs> and coming off of the screen. And he did a great job with that. Uh, as I said earlier, he's a big body kind of guy, great rebounder, really good offensive rebounder as well. Mm. And he loves physicality. He kind of, he welcomes it. So he grabs the boards and traffic and then he pushes the ball. So that was something that caught my eye on synergy. And uh, he follows his shot. Mm. <laughs> it's a lost start. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that helps him get his offensive rebounds as well. He follows his shot uh, immediately. Once he holds his follow through and that guy hand comes up, he drops it and he, he goes straight to the rim. So that was something that I really, really like about him. One of three players in the NCAA to make 100 threes, 40% from three. And I think he shot eight attempts. So, um, so pretty good volume there for for Quentin Grimes, man. Stock stock is certainly on the on the rise, and as you said, a solid defender, plays physical as well. So he, he should find a nice home somewhere in the league, man. We'll, we'll see yeah, he's not a he's not a one on one, break him down kind of guy. Yeah, but he does enough to get to his spot to get his shot off if you need him to break something down. Mm -hmm. He's not gonna take no more than two three dribbles and you know dance left and right on that. However, he might be able to work on that just because he embraces the physical play. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about a lot of snatchbacks. You're talking about a lot of, you know, rip throughs, like, you know, pump fakes, get his man up in the air, you know, physical plays that, you know, are just able to get him to the line or just get him a bucket. That's something that I could see him like doing pretty well in the league, considering how they call fouls <laughs> the way yeah, that they yeah. do. So, you know, he's, he's not a great passer. But let's be honest, in this in this day and age, in the system that the Knicks are going to run uh, for him, if he is on the Knicks, you uh, won't have to do much of that. You know, just pass and, you know, get to your spot in the corner or lift anything that they're going to ask him to do, uh, shooting from the slot, that type of stuff. You know, rock out. He's a, he's a very good pick, uh, and he's going to be a really good player in the league. 
Yeah, as I said, stock's certainly on the rise. What do you guys think in the chat? Quentin Grimes out of H-Town, 6'5", 6'8", wingspan. Give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you guys think about Quentin Grimes as a prospect? CP David Zenon here for the NBA Draft Q&A. Uh, another guy out of VCU, another bucket getter. Gets a lot of comparisons to to uh, my guy IQ Emmanuel quickly, and that's that's Bones Highland out of VCU. What, what's your uh, what's your analysis of Bones? That's my guy. <laughs> that's one of my guys, man. That's that's one of the dudes that I've fallen in love with. Um, gets a lot of comparisons to IQ. Yeah. Yes, the frame, the the braids, the just the swagger. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to shoot from deep. Mm-hmm. He's but the thing about him is, which is something I brought up about IQ uh, during the quarter during the quarter report that we talked, mm-hmm. how teams are going to start sitting on one hand, how teams are going to yeah. start basically timing your shots or looking the way or looking for you to do those little nuances that you have as a rookie, of course, right. for you to you know shut them down. Scouting report is going to show X, Y, and Z with this kid because of the fact that. He's another one that always comes down and it's never the same pace. Always a good change of pace. Like seriously, we'll keep the defense on their heels. Uh, is able to push the ball. And when he pushes the ball, he pulls up from 30. <laughs> so it's, and it's a consistent shot with his, uh, with his pull-ups. Like it's not a heave. It's a legit jump shot. Mm. And he'll, he'll pull that thing from, we're talking like 25, 30. And uh, I like the fact that his mechanics are the same from that deep. It's one of those things that if it changes here and there based off of how the teams are playing him, he, he doesn't get rattled with on-ball uh, defense. Mm. So once he creates like a little bit of air, the shot is going up. He did a pretty good job as a spot-up shooter too. So those instances in which, you know, Julius may be double teamed and he's kind of, you know, stuck and, you know, they run into a situation in late games where the clock, shot clock is running out, he needs to kick out. That's a viable option if he's on the floor. Uh, he's a confident shooter, as I said earlier. He is a good pass, uh, good passer, excuse me. So it's one of those type of situations where he's he's shot up. He's a dark horse. Um, but, yeah, man, I love this kid a lot. Yeah, I, I like his game, man. I see a little JC. I, you know, I, I know people hate comparisons. I don't, I don't like comparisons either, but that that's the closest thing you can get, you know, before you watch these guys in the league. And I do see the quickly. I, I mean, from his frame, you see a little JC in him, you know, a little Crawford as well. Um, so yeah, That's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. So good, he, a, he finishes pretty – he finishes really well at the rim. Mm. You know, JC was a great – you know, JC could finish and dunk. And, yeah. You know, this kid can dunk, obviously. He's, he's a great athlete. But it's like one of those things where, man, he, he has a high handle, and that could be a detriment for most guards. But for him, because of the fact that, as I said, he doesn't change his pace. His handle's really, really high, so he dances on guys. He's able to boogie and, like, get to those spots. He finishes at the rim, but then his passing ability is able to just – Man, I, I, I think this kid, he can be a special player, and especially yeah. it helps the fact that he's coming into the league as a pretty good shooter. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big thing. Interesting indeed. What do you guys think in the chat? Bones Highland, thumbs up, thumbs down. Leave a comment in the chat. We got 800 people here in the chat. Let's get those likes up. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP David Zenon here giving you the scouting report, the intel straight from the notes, ladies and gentlemen. I trust this man's judgment. He was in on the Halliburton stuff, and a lot of you guys try to talk me off the Halliburton ledge. I'm listening to 
Hey, that, I mean that that was that was the hit though. That was the hit of last year, right? It was it was uh it was Halliburton, man. Man, it was. Trust me, it was. My inbox is still I, I'm <laughs> Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe now people will listen to what I have to say now. Hopefully yeah. you guys can see. You yeah, know? man. Uh, shout out to Halliburton. <laughs> he had a good year for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, Cam Thomas out of LSU. Bucket getter. 24 points per game. First team all SEC. Absolute flamethrower. Um, but he slotted to be in like the 20s or so. What's your, what's your take on his game and, and where's his biggest weaknesses? I've heard that he fell. He's a great scorer. He's a bucket getter. Yeah. Like <laughs> the argument of, uh, you know, if you're a basketball player, if you're a hooper. <laughs> so that, that, that whole thing that's been coming up this past week, uh, man, this kid's a hoop, a hooper. He just, he can get buckets and, I'm not going to get into the difference between the two or whatever like that, but he's a good basketball player, three-level scorer, very smart. Like, basketball acumen is very high in order to get his shot off. As we said, he's 6'5", really strong body, but he's not that athletic um, in the sense of, you know, really just finishing at the rim and doing a lot of stuff. Like, he's, 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 very, he's very inconsistent sometimes, but when he gets his buckets, he gets his buckets. Like, he reminds me a lot of THT, you know, mm-hmm, one of those mm-hmm. guys that he doesn't look super athletic and he isn't really athletic, but there's certain moments where he'll catch you off guard because of the fact that he's not that athletic. He's like that, but he's a better scorer than THT from jump. Like if there's a guy that like could live off of uh, physical play and, you know, being a very skilled uh, off ball cutter, mm-hmm. he finds guys asleep a lot defensively. And then on the flip side, he get kind of, he gets kind of burned uh, off ball. Yeah, off I heard ball the defense is like just yeah, yeah it's just non-existent at this game. <laughs> it's not it's not there, but 
But uh, man, if you want a guy that comes off the bench, that's like a, a spark plug. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I don't know how much that fits with, with what their defensive principles are now with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, that would be a very hard sell for me. But if you wanted a guy that, you know, let's say like, let's say he did fall into the second round by chance. I don't know. You know, if he did, you, you take might, you might take a flyer on him just off of his scoring ability and having a guy that he, he has the tools to be a good defender and a good uh, playmaker. He does like he has the skill set and tangibles, but he doesn't show it. So that's, you know, that's been a detriment to his, uh, to his draft stock. So I, I like him. I don't love him. Yeah. Love his scoring ability. You know, like if you told me that he was going to end up being on like a team like Memphis or OKC, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's fit for one of those type of teams, but defensively, if they're going to be as this defensive stalwart as they want to be, I don't know if the Knicks are going to look at him. Yeah, that yeah that that will be a gamble there. But hey, you know with Tibbs, if you don't play defense, you're not going to play. So maybe that gets him in, in tune. Obviously, it got a lot of guys going. You know, Tibbs got a lot of guys going defensively last year that you didn't expect. That's so true. you never That's know. He, he might be able to come in here and fit in. But yes. I mean, he could he could kind of maybe he gets on his good side also because Cam Johnson is a dog. Like yeah. he's yeah. he's just one of those rough kind of you know we're talking like rough around the edges, welcomes contact. I mean, like one of those a strong pump fake kind of guy mm-hmm. you know like he wants to go to the line he wants to get the other teams uh bigs or wings in foul trouble because of physicality not just off of ticky tack fouls yeah so, so, so that's just something attacking. that could be welcomed by tibbs and how he sees him being a fit and as you said if you don't play defense you don't play so if, you know one you know one hand washes the other two wash yeah. his face so <laughs> We'll see how that goes with that. Interesting indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We will take calls after this. We just want to get through all of the uh, the Twitter requests that everybody had put in. We got a couple more to go. Let's get those likes up. Let's let's get up to 500 likes. We got 800 people in here. Everybody right now, hit that like button. Hit that thumbs up button. And and uh, let, let's get up to 500. And the call in number is 657-383-1509. And you can also call in via the Knicks Fan TV Discord. Um, another guy whose stock is, is seems to be um, coming up, depending on who you speak to, is uh, Jason Preston, the point guard out of Ohio, Ohio Bobcats. Kind of looks like the lost uh, ball brother. But, um, you know, it seems to be a guy that, that does a little bit of everything. Not not the most athletic, but certainly can get the job done. What's your take on him? He's crafty. Very crafty. Has a pretty good body, actually. Um, you know, one of those guys that grew into his body, late bloomer. Very C.J. McCollum type, you know, story with him, you know, grew grew from like this scrawny little little kid mm-hmm. and you know had no d1 offers and then just blew up last year um taller than he looks on tv i actually got to st- uh, stand next to him a couple weeks ago in new york city um he was just passing through really nice kid really really articulate really intelligent and his skill set just watching him uh work out he's good mm-hmm. um the thing that makes me a bit concerned is the fact that he's so crafty and so flashy that where would he fit necessarily with just not having the ball in his hands? Like he needs the ball in his hands. He's a great playmaker. 
very, very controlled pace, you know, has an effective floater, has an effective runner, gets to his spots really easily um, and effectively. The only thing is, is if he doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot and like, let's say like, you know, Julius is, you know, Julius is back and yeah. RJ's driving to the rim and you got to find those guys early and often, you know, that's, those are going to be the primary pieces in terms of letting the offense uh, get established. I would want to see how he gets acclimated to that. And defensively, I would, uh, I would have to see, not that he does not that he's lazy, but I would like to see like more deep, like more effort on mm-hmm. defense mm-hmm. and like active hands and stunting. And like, you know, we, we all know what Tibbs likes to do with yep. his defensive principles and like even things as simple as like, like icing and then being vocal on the opposite end of the floor, like little things like that. So where would he fit with that as well? And, but don't get me wrong. If they did have a, you know, if they did have a look at him for early in the second, Second, if they had a look at him in the second round and he was available and they took him, I wouldn't be mad. I would like, I would like the fact that he controls the pace. I would like the fact that he's a little bit more flashy, but I wouldn't be mad, but I wouldn't love it because we already have one of those guys in Luca Vildoza on the team. Mm-hmm. So, or the Knicks have one of those guys on the team. So, you know, it's just interesting to see where he would fit with that. But very good player. I like him a lot. Um, you know, he, he he's a little bit risky with his passing. He's flashy. And it could be, it could like bring excitement or it could bring like a lot of hair pulling. So it sounds like it'd be a good Nick. We always have, we always have one of those. Yeah, It's it's interesting. He could, but you know, as I said, there's, there's things that he does like that are really, really well that it would be the risk is worth, you know, uh, the reward, you know, it's just like great rebounder, great finisher at the rim controls the tempo He's not a great athlete um, by any means, but he's able to understand how to play defense, how to get to his spots, brush off defensive, um, you know, defenders that are going to be physical with him. Like he's able to do that type of stuff. Mm. But um, wouldn't I don't know how well he would fit necessarily here, you know? Yeah. But I wouldn't be mad if he was here. Interesting. It could could be a second round option. We never know. Could could definitely be a second round option. All right. Um. Let, let's get to the bigs here and kind of saved it for last because I do think you know uh, having a backup or some insurance for Mitch will be key because I I don't think they'll bring back Noel. I just don't think they'll allocate assets that way. Even though he gave us you know a huge lift and and uh, was very bit every bit you know as much as uh, instrumental to to getting us to that four seed as, as anybody, you know, especially on the defensive end, just being that anchor. But I don't think they'll they'll invest there as in a backup five. Um, you, ha- you have three interesting guys. You have Isaiah Jackson, who's a Kentucky guy. Obviously, people always want to make the Kentucky connection. But my last guest was very high in terms of the Knicks liking Jackson. Uh, what, what's, let's start with him, man. What, what do you think about Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky? one of the three guys that I fell in love with Mm. that Isaiah Jackson is man. Isaiah Jackson is a dark horse. That's not a dark horse. He's like a guy that has so much untapped potential that you're just like, man, he's really good. But then you're like, he could actually be 
an elite player in this league. Mm. Uh, so first things first, his size is he's 6'10", legit 6'10", uh, but he has a 7'3 wingspan, big hands, um, great body, great shoulders, has to fill in a little bit. Um, but I liked what I saw with him. I saw him in person as well. Um, and I saw what I liked with his intangibles. Mm. I mean, he's like, he does a great job at blocking shots on the perimeter. He's like Mitch. He does a great job at blocking shots on the perimeter. He does a great job at rim running, but he does a really, really good job with chase down blocks and help side blocks, like a rim protector. Mm. Really, really good. And because of the fact that he has such great feet, um, he showcases that on the offensive end as well. Like, he has a really, really dangerous first step. Like, he killed Tennessee this year. Uh, Their bigs had no answer for him on the baseline. And because of the fact that he has such a tremendous first step, uh, it it utilizes his jab step even more, which then he does his one dribble pull-up you know, towards the paint. He's a decent mid-range shooter, but he's better in terms of, you know, going into that pro hop, land in the paint, you know, create contact, pump fake, you know, kind of get to the get to the line kind of yeah. thing. The thing I like about him the most, though, is, as I said, how raw he is. He didn't have, you could tell he didn't have real development, not, and not a shot at his high school coaches or whoever came before Kentucky, mm-hmm. but he didn't have real development for the type of skill set he has up until the time he was at Kentucky. Because I saw things that he did from a one-step dunker spot position. I mean, it was one-step dunker from the dunker spot that I was like, he could do it with both hands. Mm. I love the fact that he takes hard dribbles towards the rim. Nothing goes anything higher than the letters on his chest. So, I mean, we're talking like contact from the pinch pose down. The guy is going to take one stride and he's at the rim already. I love it. Now we're going to be realistic. The shot is the issue. Catch and shoot wise is the issue that I have with him. Consistency. It's a very, very minute detail, but it's something that I want. I would like to see him fix um, as a pro, just in general, not if he's a Nick or whatever, but his right foot does turn inward when he shoots catch and shoots uh, catch and shoot shooting, which makes it a little bit, not predictable, but necessarily like, you know, exactly like he's not going to take you off the dribble. Like nothing's going to showcase anything the same. He's not going to show the same shot, whether it's a drive or whether it's a catch and shoot and his foot kind of goes inward. Uh, His fingertips change as well. Um, But the shot actually goes in, (laughs) which (laughs) Which means, which which is another reason why I'm so intrigued by this kid because yeah. the consistency part hasn't been there, but his his ability to be efficient has been. So that's something that I would like to see him do. He gets in trouble with getting charges uh, because of this. Mm. So because of the fact that he's so physical and because of the fact that his first step is so good, he doesn't necessarily change that pace because of that foot and that leg kind of turning inward. And that's something that you could fix just off of uh, certain drills uh, that you can do with your players. Um, so that's, that's just a minute detail that I would think that he would fix, whether he's with the Knicks or any team. Um, defensively, we, we went about that. Great, great rim protector, great blocker, great whatever. He does foul a lot because he does turn into a jumping jack once he gets a couple blocks. You know, you're feeling yourself, yeah, you're yeah. looking pretty good. And then every ball that goes up, you want to block it. 
Uh, so since he's good with that, he has to learn when and when not to jump and yeah. the, you know, time and possession, all that type of stuff, like is really important for him to do it. But yeah, man, if he gets a scoring two guard next to him or, or a slasher, he's going to thrive mm. because you're talking about guys that are going to open up the lanes for him. Um, and then also Julius being a guy that could stretch the floor and shoot from the perimeter. Not that he's going to be like this high, low, you know, he's going to bury his man under the rim type of thing and just dunk on him all the time, but just being enough of a threat to have anything in like, you know, close to the block. That's, that's a very, very important thing to have when you're looking to have more spacing on the floor, especially with a big that could shoot in Julius. So mm -hmm. he reminds me of a guy, he could turn into like a Jeremy Grant type of player. Interesting. Like, he could be really, really good in this league. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's another guy who seems like his stock is going up. They invited him to the green room, so they're expecting uh, lottery. We'll see what happens. You know, some, some guys don't always get out of there, but they're expecting lottery for him. And as you say, you know, if, if the shot create, I mean, if the, if the um, shot making is, is something that's left to be desired, it seems like he has a very high floor with his ability to just rim run, and and shot block be a good help side defender and things of that nature. Seems like he, he'll set you know get go right in and and be ready to go. Yeah, he has good form. The shot necessarily the the fingertips, his hips, uh, his extension, all that stuff is good. I think just from the three ball part, that's where it's inconsistent, mm. which is from generating power and other things that you know I can get into detail with that on another basis, but his whole, his whole thing is his first year, he could be a really, really good player from a pick and roll standpoint and then be a, a pick and pop in like, you know, the pinch post area, nothing too, you know, nothing too far on from the rim. He's not going to be like this three point bomber. Um, but if man, him alongside RJ, a good slasher. And now that RJ shown the ability to shoot, better from the perimeter um you just never know and then iq having him with the pick and roll again uh pick and roll ability as i said rolling to the rim and then the floater whatever he, this kid's good man i love his intangibles his upside is like really really through the roof Interesting indeed. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Talking to David Zena, basketball skills trainer, on, on some of his top prospects and, and breaking them down, sharing the notes. Definitely appreciate the time, David. Uh, so right now we're, we're going, getting into the bigs. We talked about Isaiah Jackson. How about Kai Jones out of Texas? Texas Longhorn, Kai Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> This this kid is man, fluid jump shot, six six eleven, jumps out of the gym, mm. smooth drive. I mean, like really, really fluid driver. Like he doesn't look herky jerky when he gets to the rim. Like mm. he he takes long strides. He has a beautiful gait when he runs. That's one of the first things I look at, how a player runs without the ball. Mm. He he his lateral quickness is great. And that's also because he has phenomenal hips. And that's another part of what, you know, you look for in a player, the way he runs and, and his strides, all that type of stuff that he does in the open floor is beautiful. He's a really good offensive rebounder. And I think, but that also is, you know, an attribute to the fact that he could jump 
you know, <laughs> touch the top of the backboard. Wow. But he's no, but he's he's a great offensive rebounder. He has a lot of those, you know, he has great hands and he catches a lot of those caroms. That's like, you know, they come back really quickly or for like a long rebound and he's able to create enough space and he he's able to grab those boards. I love his ability to do so. He's probably like and I and I don't use this in a in a a very loose term. He's probably the most athletic guy in the draft. Mm like from a big standpoint maybe even just even guards too you know like this kid this kid had some dunks at texas from pick and roll and then even just like off the dribble that he he established himself and that's something that's really important for me i like to see players that are able to establish plays for themselves not necessarily play make where they're going to score i'm talking about like is he comfortable enough with not just doing the a DHO after stopping his dribble, you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, just doing a handoff after stopping his dribble. Like, is he cool with, you know, some contact and then going back to the perimeter, doing a DHO, then getting the ball back, like little things like that. His attitude is great. Um, I've heard that he's a really good kid um, and that he wants to work on his game. Uh, I was also told that prior to coming to Texas, he didn't necessarily have like the best turnaround jump shot. And now he's walking out with one of the best turnaround jump shots. Uh. So, so it's like, it's not like the kid doesn't want to work. So you're, you, you, you got to take a lot into consideration with this one, man. He's, this one's a beast, man. Yeah. And, and, and shout out Stephen Fox in the chat. And you were mentioning his gate. He said he ran track uh, for Bahamas or in the Bahamas, but prior to basketball. That and, makes sense. I, did, I didn't, I didn't, you know, it, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but man, for him to, I mean, for him to run the way he does his hips and, and it makes sense because he ran track. Mm. It's beautiful, man. He has a beautiful stride. Interesting. And it's funny uh, that Steven mentioned the track thing. You mentioned the gate. It just com- completely uh, sort of related, but uh, I was talking to John Starks about that two, two summers ago. I was talking to John Starks and we kind of, talking about, you know, how he felt about um, just RJ overall. And he, and he mentioned his footwork and, and he said, um, and his gait, and he, and he said that, you know, back in the day we used to we used to have track coaches, you know, and, and to help us with that. And so it was just interesting to see that uh, that connection there with, with Kai Jones. But, yeah, John Starks definitely mentioned that, how, you know, track coaches can certainly help. Uh, NBA players with their gait and, and you know, kind of open things up a little bit. So, yeah, I think he's he'll he'll be a very good pick and roll option. Mm. He has a fluid jump shot from three as well, so he's definitely going to be a pick and pop threat. Yeah. Um, the thing that we we as uh, skill coaches and then you know just trainers as a whole, like you always look at the big picture. Like for a get for a guy his size, a kid his size, he's not going to be a true big. You know, he's just his his frame is pretty slender. Um, he's just going to be one of those guys that he's going to be a great rim runner, great pick and pop. He his hands are not the best um, in catching you know passes in traffic, and just also once he gets into the lane, uh, his hands aren't the best there. Mm-hmm. He has decent footwork, um, not the best footwork because his post up game he doesn't necessarily have. Um, like a lot of counters, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like his, you know, he's not going to dream shake you out there. However, uh, he has good enough post work to showcase a turnaround jump shot from that short corner. So 
I mean, I love the kid. I would take him uh, if he was there. That's one of those, you know, one of those guys that he's athletic enough. And I don't mean this by any stretch of the imagination, um, but he's athletic enough that he can play like the three in the positionless basketball that the NBA plays nowadays. Like that's how much I believe in this kid's lateral quickness and playmaking ability just from either a catch and shoot or pick and roll opportunity at 611. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Interesting. Interesting indeed. And uh and the last big man on the list, another guy who a lot of people are high on. Um seems like he's got a lot of room to go, very high ceiling, and that is out of Spain, Usman Garuba. Now, full disclosure, he's also represented by Leon Rose's son. So a CAA guy, I don't know if this CAA conspiracy would that makes people, you know, connected to the Knicks, but I think he's he's got some skill sets to that that you gotta like as well, man. Usman Garuba. Love, yep, yeah. Um he would be he would kind of be like the fourth horseman in my in my uh my draft analysis. Mm. I like this kid I like this kid a lot, man. He's nineteen years old, big body. I mean like Yeah. Big body, yeah. six eight, six nine, two thirty but has a, a six, um, let me get this right. I think it's like seven, one wingspan, mm. um, seven, two, something like that. It's, it's longer than six inches, like a six inch difference than from his height, from his wingspan, but he's legit two, 225, 230 now. So the funny thing is the first time I ever saw him play, um, I immediately, I immediately uh, was like, oh my God, that, that's surge. <laughs> that's that surge. That surge 2.0. Like mm-hmm. that's not, and it's not hype. You know, it's not uh, hyperbole or hypothetical. Like it's literally surge 2.0. The dude moves like him, runs like him, defends the rim like him. I mean, like he could be like he could be a general generational yeah. uh, rim protection. Did, did surge? Did surge account. work with him in Spain? Do you know if they worked together? No, they didn't. Okay. No, they didn't. Okay. But you know, I. You know, I know that a lot of uh, the African players that do go over to Spain are, you know, they, they're taught a lot of the same fundamentals. Mm. And, you know, the, the they both played for um, for ACB, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, you know, it's just basically like one of those things where the way that I saw him run and shoot and, you know, little things like his footwork, like little things I saw, I was like, man, this dude is, this dude is just like Surge. It's mm. a baby Surge and, you know. So it's so he's high on my list just because of as I said I, I attribute it to him. He's strong in pick and roll, uh, strong with rebounding. He has great defensive awareness, as I said, like great rim protection. I think the thing that is most impressive with him is not just because of his physical attributes, but like he knows when to use them. Like he's a physical brute kind of player, mm-hmm. but he has soft touch around the rim, mm-hmm. and that's like. That's a that's a necessary thing to have. You can't have guys that are just like a bull in a china shop. Yeah, yeah. He's he's incredible. He has quick feet with uh with really good hands and great timing. So as I said, like you're either gonna have a guy that's gonna be defending the rim all the time or a guy that's gonna back you down, quick rebound, keep the ball high, get you know, be active on the glass. I like him a lot. The thing that he would have to work on, just like what Serge needed to work on coming into the league, the catch and shoot. Uh, consistently with um, penetrating kick in the corners, things like that. He needs to work on that a lot. 
the thing that I think is most impressive though, is he's starting to learn the nuances of catch and shoot. Mm. And I, what I mean by that is like setting your feet, uh, being ready, how you could, you know, show a proper pump fake, things like that. Um, three point, three pointer. He's not, he's not a three point specialist whatsoever. (laughs) So (laughs) that's definitely something that's going to have to, um, be worked on with his game coming into the league. As I said, he's just like Serge, you know, search shot mechanics need to change a little bit, a little bit of a hitch, high release. Um, but yeah, man, everything else though about this kid, great feet. I, I have no qualms about him, man. I love this guy a lot. Defensively, he looks tough though, man. Looks like a guy that can be switchable at the next level, couple positions, multiple positions, you know, got those long arms, get into those passing lanes. He, he looks pretty tenacious on defense. He's a very he's a very tenacious player on defense. That's, that's a great uh, word I was going to use, tenacious, because his hands were so active all the time that when he played the passing lane, because of his wingspan, teams he wasn't not necessarily just stealing the ball, but teams were turning the ball over because they were trying to avoid mm-hmm. him getting those uh, getting those uh, opportunities to steal the ball. And he did a great job. And I mean, there are a few clips online of him having steals and dunking in transition kid is the kid is the goods man i like i like him a lot interesting indeed what do you guys think in the chat uzman garuba team usa better wake up man because they catch spain it might be a rough one man they could they caught they caught a, a nice little lesson by france today hey spain is going to be another tough out man so they better shake up lots man. lots of lots of talented bigs on spain and yeah yeah <laughs> bam, bam and draymond gonna be on notice man so they better uh they better get it together um, so yeah, so that was the list. Uh, I thought that that was some excellent breakdowns. Um, brain drain indeed. Welcome back, David Zenon. Everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Make sure you guys are uh, saluting David, man, because he's coming here and dropping a lot of gems for us. Uh, a couple days from from the draft, so definitely appreciate that. Before we get to the phones, I want to shout out uh, some of the super chats that are coming. Mister William Ten Seventy Two says, "Is Kai Comps Kai Jones Comps?" Channing Fry is Kai comps. I seen some comps to to Christian Wood. He's saying, "Is he Channing Fry?" Channing Fry to Kai Jones. Yeah. Hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Fry can't. wasn't a defender that like that. Oh, defender. Oh. Well, I'm just saying overall. I'm just saying. I think he's just saying overall. Is he? Is he? Oh yeah. I mean, but Kai Jones is just so much more of an explosive athlete. Right. And Channing was a really good athlete, but. This kid is, I mean, this kid is d- different mm. in terms of his athleticism. Like, uh, t- folks, you got to watch this guy. I mean, I know the clip of the young man, I forget, who uh, had the dunk at, at Clutch's pro day. That was impressive. But Oh, the one that hit his head on the rim, uh, hit his yes. eye on the rim. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, for- I forgot his name. I forgot his name, too. My apologies to that young man. However, Kai did that in games. <laughs> Like this is this is a this is a, a different type of athlete and um, no I think it's a good comparison I would just I think he's just one of those guys that his he's so raw the whole the whole Texas program I guess you could say with all those type of athletic bigs mm-hmm. they were all pretty raw which was very and Greg Brown's another guy that catches my eye too but he's gonna I think he's gonna fall into the second round. Okay. With his athleticism, another Texas dude. Um, but Kai's the most athletic player in this draft. I mean, him and 
I mean, you're talking about Jalen Green, Kaminga, him. Like, that's rare, rare athlete, elite yeah. athleticism. Uh, shout out to Russell Whiskey. Sends a super chat. He says, what about Deuce McBride? Miles McBride out of uh, West Virginia. Any, any uh, intel on him? I don't have much because I was told by a few other people that he's like, he's a, a West Virginia guard. Like, he's going to be like one of those uh, gritty kind of players. Like, he's not going to necessarily score that well on this this uh, this level mm. in the NBA. But so I didn't do a lot of homework on him. I got to be honest with you on that one. Yeah. But from what I have seen with him and the system that West Virginia ran, you know, you're, you're talking about a lot of guys that are, you know, hard-nosed defensive kind of guys that are tough. He'd be great with how Tibbs is going to get him acclimated to the league, but yeah. I can't necessarily say that I've seen him too much. Okay. All right, fair, fair enough. Let's let's go to the phones as we wrap up. So to everybody in the chat, let's get those likes up, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's go to JJ from Brooklyn. JJ, how you doing, man? Yo, CP, David, what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How are you, man? Good, man. Good. Doing good, man. Thanks. Yeah. So on this draft, just seeing, I just have one quick question, and I'll hang up and listen. Just seeing how deep this draft is. Like, is it even worth it to trade up? Like, is Moody and, say, Boot Knight so much better than getting, like, two of two good players, like a man and a Trey Murphy? Like, why not just let the board fall to us? Just seeing the depth that there is, especially at the spots we need, you know, point guard and wing. Like, I would just let the board fall and just take – someone's going to fall. If these guys are going to go – you know, certain guys are going to go higher than expected. I would just let the board fall where it may, and we're going to get two good players. So, I just – don't think it's worth it to trade up using you're probably gonna have to give up 19 21 and probably our second our second rounder just to move up five six spots so i would just stay put we're gonna get good players if we stay put so yeah that's it appreciate it fellas have a good night appreciate it bro appreciate it jj i mean i i think it all depends on on who's on the board and who they're after right i from what you from what i read is that a guy like a moody could have star potential you know, and and while other guys who are around that nineteen twenty one, not to say that Murphy won't be, but other guys fit to be more role players. You know, so I think it it all depends on on who's on the board. I think teams view McKnight in, in that in that aspect as well. Yeah, that's a, it, and like intel is going to be done up until the day of the draft. Like you, you're going to find teams. You know, everyone's going to try to have some smoke screens or do whatever, but these guys are going to do their homework and especially this front office, they're very, very um, intricate. <laughs> Let's yeah, just say yeah. that they're intricate. So they're going to do their homework. And if there's an ability, there's, excuse me, if there's an opportunity for them to trade up and get a pick, I mean, I got to be honest with you. There's like four or five players in this draft that I would trade up for. If you knew that you had to get them at that certain point in time, I would do it. I mean, it is a gamble. It is a risk. Now, if those picks are gone by like the 11th or 12th pick, like I think they might, I hold on to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think, you know, based on, again, all the conversations we've been having, 19 seems like they'll get some good rotation players. Uh, maybe they'll get somebody with a bit more upside. Maybe man turns into something a bit, a bit more if, if they get in there. Maybe even Murphy, but it doesn't even seem like Murphy's going to be there for him. So, 
I think it all depends on on who's on their board, and if they if they see a trade worthwhile, I, I trust this front office to go get them. To me, as I've been yeah, saying for sure. the last couple of years, uh, I feel like Leon and West know these kids as well, if not better, than most teams. You know, just having been on the other side of the table from from the agency side and knowing who these kids are from character from a character standpoint and and the programs that they're with and so on and so forth, I feel like they they'll homework and, and come out with a good prospect yeah I, I think Murphy's one of those kids for me that I would trade up mm. if you know if you're if you're sitting at like you know the fourth 13th 14th pick at that point in time and you're just like I, I might have to do something that's one of those kids that I would do it you know um, just just because of the fact that I see certain things that he does and at that size and he has a motor not necessarily just kind of canceling out whatever Kevin Knox does or whatever but let's you call a spade a spade and you're going to be honest like more playmaking ability from a stronger bodied kid who has a consistent motor you know that's something that I I think I would I would look at and I would wholeheartedly consider trading up for value yeah and as it seems right now, they might have to. Because from what I hear, and he's very high on their radar. And uh, once again, just reporting from what was reported earlier from Shams is that Murphy and Chris Duarte went in for their second workout with Golden State this past week. So clearly Golden State is serious about these guys. I'm just curious to see if Golden State were to trade out of 14, what would they be looking for in return? Are they looking to stack picks? Or are they looking to take 7-14 and 14 and make some major moves to to you know give Steph a win now team get a I better. And also, team. are they do they believe in Wiseman? Well, right, and and you're hearing Wiseman's name in in, in rumors yeah. as well. So that's do you know do they really believe in Wiseman to this point where they're like has something transpired or have they seen enough to be like with the development and how everything is breaking down. Because remember, the primary guys under the biggest contracts there, they're not getting any younger. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. all over 30, I yeah, believe. that's true. Uh, so, is Clay over 30 yet? I don't know. Well, you got to check. I'm not sure if Clay hit 30. Yeah, I don't know if Draymond's over 30. But but they're up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cer- certainly. Well, I mean, with Clay with the Achilles and now the ACL, which is unfortunate, man. One of my favorite players. Definitely want to see him back. But you, yeah, know, you don't even know when he's coming back, you know? It's, there's no no telling when Clay comes back, so uh, that's why I see like a, a Duarte could make sense for them as a guy that could come in right away and play. But Murphy could hit, could help him out right away as well. So yeah, uh, interesting to see how that transpires. All right, let's go uh, back to the phones. Angel from Philly. Angel, what's going on? Yo yo yo, what's good? Uh, CP, what's good, David? How y'all from? How y'all from? What's going on? What's up, brother? Hey, I, I'm good, bro. Um, hey, listen, man, hit that thumbs up for y'all boys, man. Hit that subscribe button. So I'm going to show the show some love. But, uh, hey, listen, guys, um, me personally, um, you know, I just think they're going to stay patient. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. If I'm, you know, the Knicks, I'm making that call to the Pelicans, and I'm trying to get that 10 pick. And um, me personally, I would draft Moody, you know. And at 21, um, how would you feel about um, – drafting Trey man, but um me personally, um I just 
I just think the price is going to be too high. I don't think Murphy's going to be at 19, to be honest. And uh, my question to you guys is this, because I know you guys got, you know, some other callers, but would you rather just stay at 19 and 21 and draft a uh, Trey man and let's say um, draft that kid from Texas, or would you rather move up to 10 and have 21 and draft Moody and uh, at 21 draft a uh, Trey man, Trey man. And uh, as always, thank you for taking my call guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate the call. I mean, listen, if they can trade up, if, if, if they're going to trade up, clearly they, they have a guy in their sights that they feel like, you know, has some upside that can really help this team. I'm all for trading up. I've, I've been saying that they need to trade up, you know, from 19 and 21. And the reports are saying so. So if they like a guy at, at 10, if they can get to 10 and they like a kid up there, go up to 10 and go get him. You know, we need talent on yeah. this team, man. We, we need a, a talent infusion on this team to help Julius, to help RJ. There's, there's no doubt about it. So if they see they like, go get him. That, that's how I see it. Because, and also, I, I, I mean, how many young players – can you can you see Tibbs playing in one shot? You got to factor in free agency and them going to get some more one to two year deals, you know, one year deals or or one plus one options going into 2022. You know, Tibbs wants his guys that are ready to go from day one that know what to do, that can bring this team together. That's why Bullocks and Burks came here. That's why they brought Taj off the street. That's what that's what Tibbs likes. He he also likes his vets. So if the rookies are gonna come in, they gotta be ready to play from from day one, or else they're not gonna play. Yeah, that's that's the truth because you you also don't even know. I mean, D Rose can come back. Uh, I've I, you know, and I've been on I've been on Luca's train since day one. Yeah, I love this kid. So for me to say. I would hope that the Knicks draft a guard. That guard's got to be comparable in terms of the skill sets right. that that guy brings to the table as well. Yeah, and um, he's going to be, and and you know he's a crapshoot as well because he could end up being one of those guys that's like you know lightning, um, lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. you know, flash and pan, mm-hmm. whatever term you want to use. I don't think he is. I think he's going to be a solid NBA player for yeah. a long time. The the only thing is certain players like as I said like Trey Mann catch my eye, you know consistently, you know Grimes consistently like I like guys that are going to do something consistently. Yeah, yeah. At a high level, so it'll be interesting. But I would prefer you know I would really look at like a two guard for, for if they're going to stay put. Mm-hmm. I would really, really look at like a two guard situation if they have, or guy, excuse me, that could be a combo guard. Mm-hmm. And I, I would really, really look at that first and foremost, and then kind of, you know, let the let everything fall into place because who knows? You could also trade. Um, excuse me, you could also be trading players that are already on the roster, right? Down the road, uh, as much as I don't, w- I don't want to see that. I, I would not like to see that. It's not my call. So yeah. they, they, yeah, you don't know, no. this front office is very smart. They're astute. They know what they're doing, but it's not make or break if they can't trade up. This yeah. is a very deep draft. Yeah. You, you never know, man. Never know. Appreciate the call, Angel. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right. Last call of the night. 
We're gonna go to my guy King Deej. We're going to the Discord. Make sure you guys, uh, Knicks Fan TV Discord is is a great place to hang out. It's a twenty four seven chat. We got multiple channels on 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 different topics, not just basketball. Got over you know thousands of people in there. So definitely shout out TM and all the mods who uh, helped put this whole thing together, man. So we're over on the Discord twenty four seven. But you can also call in. Especially for my international fans, if you guys are looking for a free way to connect with us, the Knicks Fan TV Discord is your way. So, um, just just putting that promo out there, and um, we'll go to King Deej to close the show. King Deej, what's going on, bro? King Deej, King Deej. It's a little delay in the Discord, so it'll, it'll be here shortly. King Deej going once. Oh, you're closing the show and you're not even showing up. Deej, what happened, man? Wow. Everybody in the chat, boo, King Deej, man. I'm bugging. No, that was my fault. I wasn't in the chat. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was about to say, I'm like, yo, I was tripping for a minute. But um, shout out, first off, run it up, run it up. Yeah, I know we got up, oh, the good night, CP, you doing your thing. Shout out to David Z, good trainer, good Appreciate skills trainer here. CP, the chat got me hot, man. Because oh, we we making bro? something out of nothing, man. What's going on? We just we just had Knox. We yeah. just had Knox with all that athleticism and bounce and all his projections of well, in three years he could be one of the best wings in this draft, and he ain't turned out to be nothing. Now this ain't a slight or attack on Knox, but I don't understand why people are in the chat and they don't want Trey Murphy, who's basically your repl- you you guys are upset that we passed on Mikel Bridges, Miles Bridges. And you upset about Porter, but you don't want a 6'9", 3 and D wing that's still growing and still can shoot. He can play off ball, great cutter. Like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand yeah. the, the why we do this. And then on top of that, man, Cooper, like, we talking about shoes and no shoes in the chat. Like, can the kid hoop, man? Like, can the kid make his own shot, create his own shot, play off a of pick and roll, play isolation? Can he do that for us? And that's why I'm not going with Cooper because Cooper is six feet, great passer. But what you going to do when defenses aren't letting you get to the basket, bro? What are you going to do when there's seven footers? We just seen Hunter and Capella. And it's like, y'all don't understand that you could get your version of Hunter right now. You could get your version of Hunter right now in Trey Murphy. I'm going to stay by my gun, CP. Trey Mann and Trey Murphy. And if you can't get it, like the oh, now all of a sudden the Warriors is going crazy with Durante and Murphy. Mm-hmm. But they're not the only people that got three picks. OKC not going to get three young guys. They might want to do business, see what they could get for a future pick. So I would call them at 16 if if Duarte or Trey Murphy still, you know, make it down. I just don't understand why we're making this so difficult, man. The positions of need is point guard and wing. So get the best available talent at point guard and wing. I'm not I'm not drafting a big to dunk and rebound. Like, what's that doing for me in a playoff in a playoff setting, bro? I need guard play. I need wing play. And I just feel like Murphy and man, that's where we're at. You're not reaching for the stars. Get the best available talent. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't get why it's so difficult, but I'm going I'm to hang up. David, I don't know how you feel. I'm mad, David. I'm sorry. I apologize. You, I mean, you're on what, the wrong, wrong night. Was, but, was Murphy's motor ever in question like Knox? Because it doesn't seem like that to me. It seemed like Knox was, was still more of a project, but Knox's motor was always in question as a prospect coming out of Kentucky. CP, I'll put it like this, bro. When Knox got drafted, in his jacket, he had Fortnite. (laughs) 
You know what Trey Murphy's talking about at the combine? He's talking about guarding Paul George, guarding Luka Doncic, picking picking parts of their game and trying to de- trying to defend their game. Like that's it's night and day, bro. Coming yeah. from Virginia, you're forced to play defense, even if you can't. You're forced to. Yeah. Like I don't get I don't get why this is so. Di- this this is this is really it's it's blowing mine, CP. I gotta be honest. It's a family show. I'm not cursing. It's blowing mine, bro. It's really blowing mine. Trey Man, Trey Murphy, get the job done. And if you get if you want to go three, then I'll pick Quentin Grimes. Just so we so just so we couldn't get Chris Duarte. I'll go Quentin Grimes at 32. But yeah. I'm not moving. We're not like this whole traded to a top ten. It's not happening, bro. All those teams in the top ten need those yeah, picks. I don't think so. The best pick you're going to get, if not at 14, is at 16, 16. with OKC. You got to do business with one of them. Yeah. And I don't know what Golden State wants because we really don't have anything to get them over the top. It's a championship mode. So I'd rather do business with, with OKC at 16 if Duarte or Trey Murphy are still on the board at that because then you're not giving up much. Yeah. It's simple, CP. I'm out. I'm, I'm mad. Appreciate David, you. you're doing a Appreciate good job. You, I'm man. out. I mean, Murphy to Appreciate me, you, <laughs> Murphy to me, just off his, his skill sets, junior coming out of Virginia, as you said, kind of having that that you know that Virginia mold. I, I I'm looking at Hunter same way, but it just felt more like a safer pick to me. But a lot of the scouts, from what I'm hearing him rising up the charts, and from what I'm hearing from you, David, is that there, there's some room there, there's some upside there. Knox to there's, me there's when he came out, he came out after freshman year, it looked like he needed some more time, like he just didn't seem very mature and when, he, when he came out. So, you know, I, I don't really see that with Murphy. There's a lot of room for growth with uh, Murphy. And the caller, hey, the caller called it like a, how it, uh, said it how it is, man. It's Virginia has a pedigree. Right. Like, if you draft a kid from Virginia, you draft a kid from Villanova. Safe you know that they're going to do something good mm-hmm. fundamentally, like fundamentally sound. They're going to last in the league <laughs> and not just like last, like they're going to thrive at one thing that's like really good, but then also on the defensive end be sound enough to play it at a good, uh, at a high level. So, and at, yeah, as I said, like this kid Murphy's the kid that I'm looking at, like, I saw him, you know, do some moves and just, as I said, from, from my perspective as a dude who trains these guys, if you see a certain movement or if you see a certain change of speed that it's like natural, like it's not, you know, it's not something that like he's forcing that caught my eye. Like that's always going to catch my eye. And I saw him do it in the game. I've never worked him out. Let me let me clarify that. Um, but I'm just saying, like, the stuff that I've seen, it was enough for me to be like, okay, I see. I see how this is going to, you know, I see how this might pan out. This mm-hmm. kid is actually has a really high, has a really high ceiling for what uh, what he can do in the league. But, um, yeah, man, call or hit it. Call or hit it on the head, man. King D's just going with Murphy and man. Dana Mack in the chat said, uh, Knox ain't been the same since Zion ripped the ball from him in the league. Oof. Man, that was, that was, that was tough, man. Shout out Kev, man. That's, that's my guy still, man. I, I want well for all my guys. I had a chance yeah, to meet Kev. He's Knox a good kid, a good man. kid yeah, man. Yeah, he's a good kid. He, he's a good kid, man. But yeah, that moment in Summer League, man, it was like, oof. I, I, I hated to watch that, man. It was tough, man. It was a packed building. LeBron was there. AD was there. Floyd was there. 
And it was like it was like one of the first plays of the game, man. You you could feel like the anticipation for that game in the building, man. And when Zion just ripped the ball out of Kev's hands, it was like Yeah, I know. I was I was there. <laughs> oh man, you could hear the whole right? The whole arena was like, oh shit. It was it was like that bully fight. You know what I mean? That after school you go to the bully fight and and he's just destroying the kid. That's what happened with Kev, man. Oh, and I, I was I was so nervous walking into that arena. Yeah. I was like hoping that Z was gonna play well and I'm like, man, like Oh man. And then after he did that, I was like, yeah, he's gonna be all right. Oh man, <laughs> it was crazy. That was a crazy day, bro. Crazy day, man. I'm gonna be back at Summer League uh, on the eighth. Are you going? You going out there this year or, or no? Yeah, I'm gonna be at Summer League. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so we'll definitely link. We'll do the next show. We'll we'll do the next show. We after... should do. The, yep. We should do the next show yeah. in Vegas. Yeah. Next show. Next show is gonna be in Vegas after we make the picks. After we get a you know a Summer League under under the belt. We'll we'll link up and uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on how things are yeah, going. Yeah, call man. call the uh, call the Bellagio. You know, you got it like that. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, man. But um, listen, bro, I thought this show was great. Uh, I definitely appreciate you, you know, sharing the notes and the intel. Uh, much needed for the fans. You know, the fans were definitely looking forward to this one, and I, and I definitely appreciate you um coming on and sharing with us. Always appreciate your your insights, man. So. Um, great job, a- absolutely great job, David. Let me hit my uh, my outro music here. Thanks for having me, my yeah. man. For real, a- absolutely, Appreciate bro. It. Absolutely. Let me just get my my outro music here. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right. So once again, we are four days away from the NBA draft. What are you thinking? We're at 1921-3258. Throw who are some of your favorite prospects? Who are some of your favorite picks? Throw it in the draft. Let us know what you guys are thinking. Uh we'll probably do a mock draft maybe Tuesday. I'm still trying to coordinate with, with all the guests right now, so so be on the lookout for that. Also on Tuesday, with I'm doing a special Knicks Fan TV live, live from Clyde's Wine and Dine. The great Dick Barnett and the Dick Barnett Foundation, they're doing a a luncheon and a fundraiser from Clyde's. A lot of the OGs are going to be there. You're going to have Dick Barnett. You're going to have Clyde. Bill Bradley's going to be there. Starks. Alan Houston's going to be there. So check it out. I'll be there with Jake Brown from uh, Big Apple Buckets Podcast. And we will be streaming live from Clyde's Wine and Dine. So make sure you guys are uh, checking that out. It's going to be start about uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on... um, Knicks fan TV, so make sure you guys are locked in on that. And uh, David, go ahead and, and sign out, man. Let the people know where they can find you, bro. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Dave Zenon. Uh, pretty simple. And on Instagram, my full name, David Mark Zenon. Just uh, hit the follow, DM, ask some questions. I'll be sure to respond when I can. Yes, sir. Appreciate that as well. And salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys one more time for David Zenon. Make sure you guys follow him, man. He's sharp. I trust his judgment. Make sure you guys follow him, man. He's, he's one of the best in the game. Trust me on that. And as we said, tune in, man. The next show with David Zenon is going to be live from Las Vegas in Summer League. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you some of our thoughts on some of the newest additions to the Knicks. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. We've got a, got a whole lineup for Summer League going on. So, Looking forward to that as well. Uh, remember, this show is brought to you by Manscaped, presented by Manscaped. As always, fellas, go to manscaped.com, enter promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping. And that's on the new and improved 
Lawnmower 4.0 and, and a ton of other products for today's man. So make sure you take care of the family jewels, man. Make sure you turn the AC on down there and uh, take care of business. You know what I'm saying? Also, this show is available in audio podcast format. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, all the uh, major podcast platforms on the Knicks Fan TV. So if you miss it on video, you can always catch it on audio. It'll be up in a couple of hours. So tune in on that. And uh, yeah, man, shout out to all the mods once again for helping out. Always appreciate it. Knicks Fan TV, Dave, TM, always appreciate you. The Shells, Ari's in here. Appreciate that. Let me make sure I didn't miss any uh, super chats. Tiny Tim, appreciate you. Jack City says, great show. Tiny Tim, great show. King Deej, always appreciate it. Let me uh, make sure I didn't miss any super chats. Mr. William Russell Whiskey, King uh, Matthews, Robert Paris, Boston Nick. And uh, yeah, I think. Shout out Boston Nick. Shout out Boston Nick, man. Yeah, yeah, he's active. He's active on Nick's Twitter, man. Definitely active. So, uh, yeah, tune in. Once again, Tuesday. Next show will be Tuesday afternoon, live from Clyde's Wine and Dine, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure you guys are checking it out. And uh, stay tuned for, I'll send an announcement on the mock draft and everything like that. So, and then Thursday will be our NBA draft show. So, tune in, man. I got a whole huge panel of guests, full coverage from beginning to end. And we'll find out, man, four days away. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.